2: Hello from Minneapolis, Megan Gower here with Calvin Wetzel and we've gotten a little bit of sleep, not enough sleep (laughs) since (laughs) last night's final four game. So coming to you with another version of this podcast, hopefully slightly more coherent thoughts on what happened last night, though I've only had half a cup of coffee, so no promises there. And then also looking ahead to Sunday's game national championship matchup between UConn and South Carolina kind of funny in a way that like the way that we got here I don't think is anything like people expected especially for this UConn team but probably the national championship matchup most people would have guessed going into the season
1: yeah I feel like this was pretty much everyone's clear number one and number two Mm -hmm. in November and that South Carolina that never changed UConn that changed a lot I think they dropped out of the top 10 at one point yeah and now we're back so (laughs) full circle.
2: Yeah, so kind of fun to come back full circle to what we expected for the season. Obviously, a lot of reasons why it kind of went up and down this year, but they are back in a national championship game for the first time in five years, Six which is years? like yeah, which is long time. Spread, yeah, yeah. A <laughs> so yeah, chance to win their first since 2016. South Carolina with a chance to win their first since 2017 and their second overall. So. Should be a really fun matchup on Sunday, but not to get ahead of ourselves, we'll talk at least a little bit about last night's game, starting with Louisville, South Carolina. This game, South Carolina came out with the first punch for sure. I think there was like 11 to two at one point. Louisville was doing well defensively, but just couldn't get anything going on the offensive end. Yeah,
1: and I feel like you know what you said about the first punch is a good way to describe it because I think there were a lot of things that Louisville actually did pretty well in this game and stretches that they played pretty well, but it felt like they were always kind of reacting to South Carolina. South Carolina got out ahead, and in terms of that chess match, it felt like Jeff Walls was making the second move every time to Don Staley. You know, like at the beginning, uh, you know, they – Brie Beal just locked down Haley Van Lith, uh, and really, South Carolina's game plan was obviously to take her away. Uh, and so then Louisville reacted, and they started going to more with Kiana Smith. Uh, but after after uh, you know Beal blocked Van Lith a couple of times, and she just clearly didn't look the same as she did in the first four games. And Kiana Smith had like a really good third quarter. I thought she came out and hit some jumpers. But I mean, by that point, it was Louisville was playing catch up, and there were just so many other moves like that that I felt like. Louisville adjusted, but they adjusted too late.
2: Yeah, and Emily Inksler was huge for them, too. A lot of credit to her for keeping Louisville even in the game for a while. But, yeah, I mean, South Carolina came out through the first punch. Louisville actually did take the lead in the second quarter, which was kind of baffling. It felt like Aaliyah Boston just didn't touch the ball for, like, ten minutes in the paint, which is something I think we see South Carolina do a little too often for a team that has the national player that year at it. But, I mean, it just – like, that stretch there where they did that, Louisville was able to come back, but then I think she only had, Boston had five shot attempts in the first half, and many more in the second half. They really went to her. She finishes with 23 and 18, and then four assists as well, just is pretty much, I mean, as she has been also as of the recent South Carolina's in the National Championship game.
1: Yeah, I think the four assists was huge, because mm-hmm. other people were hitting shots, too, and, and right. when you talked about this during the game, that if South Carolina's hitting shots from the perimeter and, and they were uh, they finished six for 17 after they missed a couple down the stripes they were shooting better than that for a while, there's really no one that can beat them if they're going to shoot well. I think they were in the 40s from three at one point. There's, if they're getting in their 40s from three, there's no one in the country that can beat them. So that'll, that'll be a key tomorrow, too, not to get ahead of ourselves. But you you have to hope South Carolina shoots at least a human percentage from three.
2: Yeah, I mean, Zach Cook was 205 from three and Destiny Hunter was 306 from three. Of six from- Three as I could far I mean four from eight from the field has to be the best she's played in a while. She's really struggled with her shot this season. So their guards were good last night, and that was the difference maker. I think as much as you're gonna put obviously the Boston's twenty three and eighteen like the two of them hitting down their shots is huge for this team. And then also Bria Beal twelve points again. She had twelve in their win over Creighton as well. So getting going a little bit offensively there to give them kind of that fourth option, which I think could be important going into Sunday because. I think, like, Cook Henderson and Boston is probably enough if Cook and Henderson hit their shots, but having a fourth option, I think, is going to be important against a team like UConn that can really score from every position on the floor.
1: Yeah, because that's always the game plan against South Carolina is, you know, pack the paint, try to take away Boston. You know, you're not going to leave Destiny Henderson open outside, but some of those other shooters, maybe you're willing to just kind of let them roam out there and, and really help hard off of them, and if you're not able to do that anymore, if they're getting those third and fourth options, you know, knocking down their shots and, and kind of forcing you to stay attached a little bit more, like there there's just nothing you can do because I don't know anyone who can guard Leah Boston one on
2: one. No, I don't think there's anyone in the country that can and UConn certainly can't either. So they're not gonna be able to like Boston's gonna get her points on Saturday. I really think she will like I think it's gonna come down to what can everyone else do as well. Cause she can't win the game by herself.
1: No, definitely not against the, the – I mean, we've seen her do it at <laughs> yes. times this year against certain teams, but not against Econ. Yeah,
2: you can't do it against UConn or any team that you're going to face in a national championship game. So Exactly. Yeah, I think that's going to be the key. Is, as much as obviously Boston is going to be the reason that this team wins, everyone else has to step up too if they're going to actually win the game. And then uh, flipping to the second game of the night – uconn Stanford, which I did, I think, now absolutely no one would have predicted. <laughs> um, I mean, just like, a, just like an ugly game. I there's no nice way to put it. It was an ugly game. Neither team played particularly well. I don't think we saw the best of either of these teams from what we've seen this season. But UConn does just a little bit more and comes away with the win.
1: Yeah, I thought basically these two teams kind of got ahead of themselves a little bit and they both played like they were being guarded by South Carolina <laughs> but they weren't being guarded by South Carolina yeah. yet they look like they were on offense and <laughs> so uh yeah it was uh I really hope we get a better game tomorrow just to be honest yeah. but um <laughs> we we did see uh you know I don't know if you can necessarily give the big full credit for this but I don't want to also just like minimize it either that they mostly stayed out of foul trouble I think Ali Edwards did have four mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think she got her fourth too early and um, obviously a lot of that was Stanford really didn't attack that those matchups very well I think they probably could have gone at it a little bit more especially like there was a few times when they did go to Cameron Brink in the post and she had success and then they didn't do it again for seven minutes and then they did it again once and then they didn't do it again for a while and uh, so, you know, there's definitely a lot of of reasons why why that happened, other than just UConn's bigs maybe de- being good at defending without fouling. But they they stayed on the court, so you have to give them credit, especially Olivia Nelson and Dota.
2: Yeah, Liv was huge for them down the stretch, and I think it was important as a kind of a turnaround for her in her senior season. Last year, that Arizona game that they lost, she was 0-7 for the floor, just played a really horrible game. And that's kind of what the first half of this game looked like from her. She played well defensively, but she wasn't playing well at all on offense, but then scored like seven or eight points in the last 11 minutes of the game to send UConn to the national championship. So big step up from the seniors. I think for UConn, it wasn't like the pagebackers Beckers takeover show to get them there. It was kind of the seniors down the stretch and then AZ Bud hitting for her as she always does.
1: And Nelson Ndota hitting free Yes, too. I mean, yes. She made a few big ones <laughs> down the stretch as well, which is even bigger because you know AZ's going to hit it. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, Nelson Ndota, too. Though I think Gino said that. Something along the lines of, like, he didn't want to say that there was the hand of God in her in those free throws, <laughs> but there was definitely some intervention on that, mm-hmm. which I guess you've had enough bad luck this season to deserve a little bit of good luck down the stretch here. And, well, they've had a
1: lot of good luck in the last 30 <laughs> yeah, years, yes, but they they've also manufactured their own luck in the yeah. last 30 years, too. <laughs> Too, so I'm not going to take anything away from that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately how you could win this game was on the glass though. They had the rebounding advantage. I think if you look at these box scores, like, neither team did anything particularly well. Both well, Didn't shoot the ball well. I mean, Stanford actually did a good job of taking care of the ball, which is not at all what I would have expected to be saying with Econ winning <laughs> this game. Um, the bigs were in foul trouble. Like, Brink ended up with four, but it also came kind of late, so they also, no one fouled out. But it feels like the re- it basically comes down to the rebounding and free throw shooting
1: yeah and stanford's three point shooting yeah. four for 23 yeah. and that was after they made at least one maybe two down the stretch mm-hmm. and in haley jones being oh for five to me the bigger number is the five yeah that i don't haley jones took five threes that was more than you know lexi Hull or Lacey hole who you know also didn't make any threes uh or made one excuse me uh one for six combined but to me, I, I don't know why Haley Jones was – she. we saw her when they were down the down the stretch, I think in the last two minutes of the game, when they really started to get into comeback mode. She went into that quick two mode that announcers love, but I think she did it at the right time. Uh, and she was really attacking, I think got a couple buckets late yeah. at the rim. But really would have liked to see that earlier from her if you're Stanford, I think. Earlier in the fourth quarter, especially trying to get downhill and and – get to the basket um, and I'm, honestly if she was doing that all game I think maybe we'd be having a different conversation about the bigs for UConn fouling out
2: yeah exactly I think if she was going in the late all game and Aaliyah Edwards was guarding her quite a bit Olia Edwards probably wouldn't have been on the floor at the end of the game which would have definitely shifted things in Stanford's different flavor but yeah a lot of threes from her and threes that were early in the shot clock when they had time to find a better shot which is not how you would like a game like this you've got to be making smarter decisions offensively
1: yeah, I feel like as a general rule, if you're taking a shot that the other team wants you to take, you shouldn't be taking that shot. Just right. f- at least at this stage <laughs> of the season. Especially
2: that early in the shot clock. Like at the end of the shot clock, yeah, you gotta get something off. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think Stanford took a lot of shots that you probably would like them to take. And then they took a lot of shots that they do like to take too, especially other threes. Like they are a good three point shooting team, but they just could not hit them yeah. yesterday. And I don't think that was all UConn's defense. I think that was a lot of Stanford just not having their night.
1: No, sometimes it's just how basketball goes. The shooting, you know, the shooting variance is just – you can never predict it sometimes. Sometimes really bad shooting teams come out and light it up, and sometimes the opposite happens, and that's what happened last night.
2: Exactly. (laughs) So that's what happened last night. Looking ahead to Sunday, like we said, we've got UConn versus South Carolina, national championship game. To me, it's like – South Carolina has the better front court. We have Boston, obviously. UConn has the better guards. With AZ Fudd, Paige Beckers, Kristen Williams, probably the best backcourt in the country when fully healthy. And those two things are going to help sign up. But I think what comes down to is, is UConn's front court better or South Carolina's guards better?
1: Yeah, and I think not only better, but I think the key is deeper. Yeah, And I think South Carolina's front court depth compared to UConn especially now without Dorca is a lot bigger advantage than maybe the backcourt depth of UConn versus South Carolina I think UConn has more talent in yeah. the backcourt for sure but I don't know if UConn's backcourt is as deep as South Carolina's frontcourt
2: I feel like in a way it is in that Avita Westbrook plays like she did last night she had those huge big threes for UConn so you have her off the bench you have of you off the bench and Caroline Ducharme didn't really do much for UConn, but she also didn't do anything wrong when she came into the game either. So they still do have a fair amount of depth in the backcourt, but I think UConn's front court depth is going to be the biggest problem here. Their bigs got into foul trouble against Stanford without Stanford really taking it in. They picked up a lot of those off the offensive end, though. They can't be setting yeah. illegal screens going into this game and picking up fouls that they really don't need to be picking up early on in the game because... I, if UConn can't have Olivia Nelson go to Anna Edwards on the floor together for most of this game, I think it's going to be pretty difficult.
1: Yeah, and you know, I mean, you're right. UConn does have a lot of talent in the in the backcourt off the bench too. Uh, but it's interesting because Avina West because their front court is so thin at this point, Avina Westbrook is almost a pseudo front court player yeah. <laughs> for like half of her minutes. We see her play stretches at the four, which sort of then thins out your you know one two three spots. So uh, it's just kind of a domino effect, but you're right. I think the fouls are are going to be a huge thing. I think we talked about this going into the final four game like you know they have two true bigs. They're both foul prone. One of them fouled out, the other one almost did in the prior game against NC State. Will that happen against Stanford? And then it didn't because Stanford settled for threes. But South Carolina is not going to settle for threes. That is we can bet on that. So if, if, uh, if UConn wants to win this game, their posts are going to have to stay out of foul trouble while actually guarding the post, which they didn't have to do a whole lot of against Stanford compared to what they're going to have to do tomorrow.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think that starts with UConn not picking them up on the offensive end. You just, you can't have that. That's a too big of a mistake in that game. And then yeah, finding a way to guard Aliyah Boston without fouling. And I think the thing is too, is, she's gonna she's gonna hit her free throws so like sometimes it's better to let her have the basket than pick up the (laughs) foul and they've got to be smart about that
1: right that's uh that's the thing when you have a big (laughs) who can knock down your free throws is it's really you know you're gonna get two points either way you really really gotta let it go sometime but you're right you also you get 10 Mm -hmm. maybe eight fouls between those two if you want to stay on the court you have to use all eight of those on defense
2: right yeah you can't like the legal screens cannot happen they're going to call that every time it cannot happen and you
1: also have to use all eight of those specifically i would say around the rim right too. you can't be fouling you know on a hedge or something even if it's on defense you know 30 feet from the mm-hmm. basket you have to use every foul for both of those players in the restricted arc i would say
2: yeah i i would agree with that i think that's gonna be key and then if you're south carolina i think you need destiny Henderson Zach click to play well again and hit their shots because think if UConn can slack off on the perimeter on them because they're not hitting shots, or, like, UConn's pretty good at perimeter defense. If they can lock them down and only Boston kind of has to do everything, South Carolina's could get themselves in trouble with the fact that, yes, South Carolina's defense is very good, but UConn's offense has gotten much better, and they can score from all five positions on the floor, so they're going to find a way to score points.
1: Yeah, and uh, they'll need to, because we, we did see this matchup earlier this year. It was mm-hmm. supposed to be twice. We saw it once, and UConn was a healthy UConn, by the way. Uh, was held to three points in the fourth quarter of that right. one. So yeah. um, that, that that definitely can happen again.
2: Exactly. I'll say healthy UConn because Funk it, is not healthy in that game. And that true. makes a big difference. true. <laughs> Healthier, <laughs> probably Healthier,
1: than yeah. like 80% of their games this year. Yes,
2: yes. But yeah, I think <laughs> we've seen Funk be a very big part of the student on the stretch, and that was not a non-factor in that game. But yeah, I mean, I think this is a much better UConn team that played in that game. Like that UConn team was still, that was pre-Page's injury that was like, a, Paige Beckers will do it and if she doesn't, we don't know how we're going to win a game yeah. UConn team and I think mean, there are strides beyond that but I think mean, South Carolina of course has also gotten better throughout the season so I think it's good for UConn in a way that that game was close minus that fourth quarter meltdown so like they know that if they don't meltdown in the fourth quarter they can win this game but it, it's going to be a tough challenge I think Lillian really Boston is just I'm so dominant this year that it's, it's gonna be really tough to win that game with the thin third court. I think if we were talking about the C team with Dorothy Yuha's also coming off the bench, out would be a lot more like, well, UConn has UHAS, they have the depth, like the guards are better, guards with championships, but the front court depth is gonna be really difficult.
1: Definitely. And if UConn's, you know, front court depth does get tested with foul trouble or whatever else, uh, the only way they're gonna win this game at that point, I think, is if they're able to sort of attack mismatches and maybe drive, you know, when South Carolina has those too big, you know, whoever's at the four is like six, five, and you have a know Westbrook at the four or whoever else for UConn, you're going to, you're going to have to find a way to take advantage of that because you're going to have to play a lot smaller than South Carolina. I mean, really for the whole game, right. but a lot, a lot smaller for at least five, 10 minutes of this game. And so you're going to have to find a way to cancel out probably the rebounding advantage that South Carolina is going to have there with you know taking advantage of your own mismatches on the offensive end
2: yeah i think part of that for you Clint, too has to probably be hitting threes they didn't shoot that right great from three last night but if like az FUD can go off or someone can get really hot from three that will help them a lot i think especially because south carolina is not a huge three-point shooting team it gives you kind of like that extra point or position if you can get some threes out to, to get knocked down
1: yeah, if you can trade two for three yeah, time, you'll be in
2: good shape. Yeah, so obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Those are our hot takes. Yeah, if <laughs> you make threes, it usually works in your favor, yeah. <laughs> but I think the other thing, like you said, the rebounding is going to be huge. I think so much of what's made UConn be able to win some of these games has been rebounding, and it's also true for South Carolina. They're so good on the glass. These are two really good rebounding teams going into the game, and I think in a lot of ways, probably who wins the Battle of to last is probably who's going to win the game.
1: Yeah, and if UConn doesn't play very many games, hasn't played very many games, where they're not the better rebounding team in the matchup, but they're definitely not the better rebounding team in this matchup. So they'll have to at least hold their own. And then also in terms of the size advantage, too, I think just the shot blocking and the, the length of South Carolina, um, you know, it's, it's always going to be really hard to score at the rim against them. So that goes back to your point about hitting threes. You can hit threes, you know, it makes it easier because it opens things up. And you don't necessarily have to challenge all of those shot blockers at the rim.
2: Yeah, exactly. All right. So getting to that point predictions, who are you picking in the national championship on Sunday?
1: I am going with South Carolina to cut down the nets. I think based on the front court depth that we talked about and the, you know, the foul trouble, the rebounding, all of that, I think it just is, is going to be too much for you guys. It's you kind of obviously could win the game, but I think South Carolina's size is just going to overwhelm in this one.
2: Yeah. I'm going with UConn. I don't really have a great basketball reason for it. I just got kind of to feel like something about this team. They've overcome like so much this season and getting to this point. Paige Becker's on her like, home floor, basically. Kristen Williams with just like a player that gets this like look in her eye when she really wants something. And I just, I don't know that anyone's going to want this championship more than Kristen Williams in her senior year.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think in March Madness, usually the people who get stuff right are the people who don't have basketball reasons and the people who have basketball (laughs) reasons just lose all of their picks and the bracket is terrible <laughs> so go with megan on that one
2: yeah i mean gino is also 11-0 in national championship games that's it's, a stat it's it's wild yeah it is a stat. so i guess that's a, a statistic i don't know i don't think you go 11-1 i think you go 12-0 and but we'll see if it'll be uconn taking home their 12th national title which is just like insane or south carolina getting that second one which would also be huge for I think, the program that's Been one of the kind of elite teams for five straight, six straight years now, and to up that second title will be a big for them as well. No question. All right, that will do it. You can follow us all on her hoop stacks for the rest of the tournament. We'll have lots of content coming, so stay tuned with us.
1: Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane.